Hello, hello. Welcome to the Bold and Beautiful, where we speak boldly on biblical truth. A podcast where we boldly discuss all the juicy topics that most Christians don't want to talk about. My prayer is that today's message will bless you to become more bold in your faith through Jesus, that it will stir up a calling God has placed within you. Let us come boldly to the throne of God. I'm your host, Catherine Marie. All right, let's get bold and beautiful. Welcome to the Bold and Beautiful Podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Marie, and this is my very first podcast. Super excited for this new journey and praying that this podcast will just bless everyone that listens. A little bit about me. Um, I'm originally from Michigan and moved out to Dallas, Texas back in October of 2022. It's just flown by, but it's been a really wild journey. Just moved out here on faith alone, didn't have a job, really just trusted the Lord would provide. And he has just been so gracious to me since. I'm going to dive a little bit deeper um, in this podcast about my background and who I am. But today's topic is going to be about my testimony. I'm Keldian very well-known people in the Bible. The Chaldeans lived in southern Babylon, uh, which is considered the southern part of Iraq today, near the Euphrates River. Parents are Iraqi. I'm firstborn generation here in the States, and they did raise me to be able to speak Aramaic fluently, which is the original language of Jesus. I just think that's just so beautiful to have and to know the Lord's language and be able to pray in it. Uh, So I just really cherish that. The Chaldeans are also mentioned multiple times in the Bible in Genesis 11, Genesis 15, 7, when God called Abraham a descendant of Shem out of Ur of the Chaldeans so that Abraham would follow God to the land that God had promised to him and his descendants. The word Chaldean really just became synonymous uh, with Babylon. And we see many verses in scripture where the word Chaldean was used to refer to Babylonians in general. It was written in Isaiah, also in Daniel. King Nebuchadnezzar was the king of the Chaldeans. And I just joke to think about it, but King Nebuchadnezzar was basically my cousin. And I think that's kind of cool. Also at the height of Babylonian empire, the Chaldeans were just very influential, highly educated group of people. They were very intelligent, sometimes aggressive and very very warlike, I would say. <laughs> we still are today. Uh, if you know anyone who is Chaldean, you can completely resonate with that. It is pretty amazing uh, that my bloodline goes way back into biblical times. So I grew up Catholic, raised Catholic in a very religious home. Father is a deacon in the church, uh, very strict rules and If you're Catholic, you understand how strict the religion can be. To be honest, I just never felt 
fed um, at the Catholic church where I was raised. It was so challenging because I, I just knew I was never going to be good enough. And no matter how many times I went and confessed my sins to the priest, I was never going to be good enough. And so it was really discouraging for me, not really realizing how do I get to heaven if I keep sinning? It was just really challenging. There was something stirring inside of me that just wanted more. I was so hungry for more. And I just thought like God had to be more than this. I I felt God need, I just felt like God was love. And even though I didn't feel it in the Catholic church, um, it was more kind of the rules. You're a sinner. You got to keep confessing. I wanted to seek more and started to explore um, different. I just felt so empty. Like, where is God? During this time, my sister and I have both been on this journey together and we decided to try a church. Um, It was a non-denomination Christian church called Kensington in Michigan. I just remembered walking into this church and just feeling the love of God. I felt so welcomed. I felt unjudged. It was just so beautiful. And I felt like I was almost at the gates of heaven and the angels are greeting me. And it was just so peaceful. I remember the first worship service and it was so angelic and so beautiful. I remembered specifically this overwhelming feeling that I had that flooded throughout my body. And it was like this warmth. It was like in the spirit, I had like this anointing oil being poured over the top of my head and it just ran through me to the soles of my feet. And at the time I didn't know what it was. I just knew it was from God. And it wasn't until later I knew that was the Holy Spirit. I fell in love with God. I fell in love with the Holy Spirit. I could just feel his just love over me. And it was so overwhelming, so beautiful. And I just wanted more of that. So now after finally experiencing the Holy Spirit, it was like this natural high that I just wanted more of. And sometime on too long after that, I got introduced to New Age. Quite deceiving. It's basically witchcraft, but I didn't know that at the time. It really meshed well with Christianity. It was basically a counterfeit of Christianity, I would say. But it just seemed like a nicer religion, not so harsh, accepting of who we are. At this point, uh, I was talking to a guy and when I heard about this new age concept, I kind of fell for the twin flame theory. And so what the twin flame is, um, from what I understood was it goes back to biblical times, again, the counterfeit (laughs) of the Bible, but it will, what I was taught is that just like God had Adam and he took a rib out of Adam and created Eve back in Genesis, This is similar in a sense that this person that I can't stop thinking about is my twin flame and that God had created this man and then he took a rib from him and created me. I know, I know, I just, it sounds absolutely wild. 
but I believed it. And a lot of people believe in the twin flame theory. And if you really look into it, you'll see how uh, it really is just like a rabbit hole that you just cannot get out of. It's just, it's so heavy. And you're constantly in this battle, uh, checking in on your twin flame to see if they, how they're doing. And if you guys are getting closer, it's just basically a toxic relationship. And you're hanging on to this hope that this is going to be your soulmate because God created him just for you. It will just keep you clinging on to false hope and it's demonic. Meditation walked me down a tunnel and there was a doorway at the end of the tunnel. And when I opened the doorway, you would be stepping into like a new world. And in this case, I was stepping into the top of a mountain. That is where I had encountered Jesus. And it still just blows my mind that the real Jesus encountered me in New Age. Jesus in New Age that is a possessed-like version. And I knew this was the real Jesus because of what happened to me in this meditation was actually biblical. And at the time, I didn't even know it was biblical. But in hindsight, looking back now, I know that the Lord was speaking to me and gifting me. So... My back is now facing the cliff of this mountain. If someone had pushed me, I would just fall over this mountain. That's how close I was to the edge. And Jesus' hands were holding me up so I wouldn't fall. And every time he asked me, do you love me? And I would say yes. And then he would lean in a little further and then he'd ask me again, do you trust me? I said yes. And then he would lean in a little further. Now my back is like off the cliff at this point. I'm just hanging on to, to Jesus's hands. It's the only way I'm still on this mountain. And I'm getting a little nervous. Jesus looked at me in the eyes again and he told me, do you trust me? And I said, yes. And then he asked me to let go of his hands. And I knew if I let go of his hands that I was going to fall off this mountain. And I was really scared and I didn't let go. And then he, Jesus looked at me in, in my eyes again and said, do you trust me? And so I let go and I start falling off this mountain. Okay. I'm falling, 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 falling. And in the midst of falling, I stopped falling and I started to fly. And so I was now flying and I'm actually now on top of this mountain flying and I could see Jesus below. And Jesus is laughing and joyful and so much happiness in him and looking at me flying. Then I eventually came back down to the mountain and stood in front of Jesus again. And he held my hands and he told me this, if you trust me, I will never let you fall. And it stuck with me. And then he started giving me these gifts. The best way I could explain it is it was like a ball of light that would come out of his chest and he would hold it up in front of me and he would tell me, this is the gift of love and I place it in you and he put it inside of my chest and it just like jolted me. 
And then he took out another ball that came out of his chest that was glowing. And he said, this is the gift of joy. And he gave in that to me and put that in my chest. And then continued, this is the gift of peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and so on. So I was overjoyed with all his goodness and these beautiful gifts that he wanted to give me. And it wasn't until much later until I spoke to a friend of mine who was Christian and I told her about this meditation and she told me, do you know what you're saying? This is in Galatians 5, 22, 23, I think it is. Um, but of the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, great gentleness, uh, and self-control. I was like, what? This is in the Bible? <laughs> so it blew my mind that Jesus encountered me in the middle of a new age meditation. He is so good that he will meet you right where you're at. And that was life-changing. And I know those were true gifts he gave me. And I know those giftings were inside of me to prepare me for what was to come. And so he was gifting me with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm still like in awe of that meditation. And it was just so real and vivid to me. So it was just really deceiving. It was a process. I was dealing with a lot of false promises and lies uh, the new age taught me and I wasn't ready to give up all my new age things yet. I was just really processing and still very much attached to my tarot cards, my crystals, all the things. Instead of just tossing them out, I ended up storing them under my bed. That was when spiritual warfare hit me. I would just sleep at night. I could feel the paws of the enemy in bed with me. They were just like scratching on my back as I'm laying on my side. I could just feel it. Hadn't felt spiritual warfare in quite some time. And I never felt it during new age. So I started getting confused thinking maybe new age was from God. And now that I've left it, the enemy's back. But I, I had no idea it was really the complete opposite that I didn't have any spiritual warfare while I was in new age because I was doing the dirty works of the devil. He's not going to bother me as long as I'm doing his will and glorifying him. So it's now me dealing with weeks of just begging Jesus, please make it go away. Make it go away. Please make it go away. And it wasn't going away because I just didn't have the faith that he could do that. And then I got a response back from Doreen Virtue on Instagram. She responded and she told me that she was really ecstatic, that I'm no longer practicing um, new age. However, she did tell me that I need to make sure I throw everything that I purchased that was new age um, out, burn it, throw it out, get rid of it out of my house. When I shared with her that, that I was going through spiritual warfare, she said, this is why you cannot hold on to any idolatry. I was holding on to it. Even though I wasn't practicing it anymore, I still like was attached and they were my idols. I had to throw everything in a trash bag the day of garbage day. And I just remember throwing out my salt crystal lamp out, uh, my 
all, all my crystals and my sage, my tarot cards, anything new agey that I bought from the new age store had to go. And I just put it on the curb and I made sure it was garbage day so I wouldn't go back and bring it back inside. That honestly freed me. And the spiritual warfare left after I completely repented. And then I remembered tossing everything out and on my knees repenting jesus i'm so sorry i know this is not this was not from you and i thought it was and i'm so sorry that i was deceived and it was so freeing because i think that was the beginning of rebuilding my relationship with jesus So after I got out of new age, I was still trying to learn how to walk with the Lord. I guess I was what we call lukewarm at best. So I was still actively practicing sin, not really honoring God's word, but I never knew fully God's word uh, since I haven't really dived in deep into the Bible yet. So I just knew that I had a desire to want to please the Lord um, as best as I could. I thought that I can continue to live in sin because it was impossible not to sin and still love Jesus. It was a process and it wasn't until I had a friend of mine, uh, Madeline, she invited me to her church. It was around COVID time. So this was when I uh, started going to Oakland church and feeling kind of convicted during the services. The pastor spoke a message on purity and what it means to walk with the Lord. And I felt some conviction and I didn't like it. And I thought the church was kind of judgy. So I stopped going and then my great friend Madeline continued to be persistent and asking me to come back and I just wasn't ready. And my sister then started going to Oakland. Then she actually enjoyed it, asked me to come back and told me that they preached a great message. I was hesitant, but I did end up going back and that was the service that pierced my heart truly felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit on me. And at the end of that service, they were asking everyone to the altar if they needed prayers. And I was just getting out of the witchcraft and the new agey stuff. And I going up to the altar and everyone's hands over me. And they were praying to deliver me from from witchcraft, um, from the spirit of lust and spirit of Jezebel and all these other unclean spirits I was struggling with. So I remember completely just sobbing and it was just so heavy, the conviction on my heart. And for the first time, I realized that I was not a good person. I wanted to believe that I was. After that incident happened where everyone prayed over me, something shifted in me and I I started to want to get 
plugged in more. I wanted to get involved with some of their Bible study groups and their small group. The pastor's uh, daughter-in-law was leading a, a small group for women and her name was Bianca and she had these beautiful little um, Bible studies in, sounds funny, but like it was her husband's car dealership um, and they had like a space where we would always meet and just do these, these studies and they were just awesome. Listening to people's testimonies and seeing how God worked in their lives made me really envy. Like I wished God would work that way in my life. I always said that every time I heard someone's testimony, wow, how come God can't speak to me like that? How come God can't do this for me? So it was eye-opening to see how alive and real God was to them. And I was still just starting to experience it. I'm coming from a religious background, didn't really know enough about the relationship aspect of Jesus and how he can speak to you, truly speak to you. It was a great way for me to get introduced into the teachings of the Bible. And I would say it was a good solid year I started going to Oakland Church in like September of 2020. I was lukewarm <laughs> uh, pretty much uh, until December of 2021. During this time between May of 2018 until December of 2021, I was seeing a guy that uh, lived out of state, was someone that I thought that I loved and I was faithful, saw a future. I thought I was going to marry this guy and asking him if he would like to go to church with me the next day, that he had other plans. So I asked what his other plans were and he told me that he planned on taking this girl out for her birthday that he's been seeing. Super casual conversation, like not even a big deal in his eyes. <laughs> and in my eyes, I'm just like completely shattered because this was a guy I really cared about and thought that I loved. Maybe I was in denial. I don't know. I remember going to church alone that Sunday and there was a worship song that came on called Abide. And I've never heard that song before. It is a beautiful song. It stuck with me. I had that song on repeat for an entire month, even when I went back home to Michigan. And then as I'm listening to the song that is just bringing some healing words and then I took a real estate exam around the same time and the word obedience kept coming up. And I thought that was weird. What does obedience have to do with real estate? I kept hearing the words abide in the worship song and obedience kept becoming repetitive in the uh, study exam. Obedience, abide, abide, obedience. And it was like a lightning bolt finally hit me and it was like God knocking on my head like, hello, hello, do you hear me? I'm asking you to abide 
in me. I'm asking you to be obedient. Got on my knees, completely shook, crying out. You're asking me to abide. You're asking me to be obedient. But I just want to be honest. Father, I don't know if I can, but if you want me to be obedient, if you want me to abide, God, I need you to do it for me. That's it. That was my authentic prayer of surrendering to the Lord. It was like God revealed to me, yes, yes, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what I'm asking. Just give it to me. You can't do it in your own flesh. You need me. He just took my brokenness. He renewed my mind. He changed my heart and he gave me new desires for him. I had this new desire to want to read the Bible. I remember the first time opening the Bible and I was praying, Lord, help me to understand. I know this is a book you want me to read and understand. Hopefully, guys, it was like reading Shakespeare. So I was really intimidated to read the Bible. And so after I prayed, God helped me to read and understand your word clearly. It was like a pair of glasses in the spirit came from above my head, over my head, and then right in front of me and then on me and it was like for the very first time i was able to see clearly and it was coming alive for me for the first time it came alive i started to fall in love with matthew mark and luke john just getting familiar and i loved it as i'm reading it's like the greatest love story ever written. And during this time, as I'm starting to read my Bible, I'm also struggling financially, I lost my job, didn't know if I was going to have another job. And I was very close to losing my home at this point. Remembered praying, Lord, just please provide. And I ended up getting a job two or three weeks it had to be before I was like out of my like last um, set of savings <laughs> that I was living off of. And it was a job that didn't pay very well, but I was so forever grateful that it was a job that was going to pay my bills. And because of being so grateful for that opportunity, I decided I wanted to fast for the Lord in just gratitude, not asking for anything, just thanking him for what he provided, even though it was not, even though it was the little things, you know, um, it was probably one of the lower paying jobs that I've had, but I was so grateful. And in this fast, as I'm fasting for gratitude this week and just praying, thanking the Lord, I get a recruiter contact me regarding another job offer. That job paid exactly the amount I was looking for and the exact job title I was looking for. It was just crazy because this recruiter found me randomly and I did not apply for this job. And when I asked her how she found me, she said I was the first one that came up on LinkedIn. And I thought that is so weird. But then I remembered sharing this story with someone 
I told them that I was fasting out of gratitude. And then this other job opportunity came and I got the job in like three days of interview. So now I had a conflict because I have two jobs now and I needed to make a decision and I just really prayed on it. And I felt like it was the Lord providing the job that I've been waiting for. There's a scripture in Luke 16, 10 that says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And it ministered to me in that moment. And I remembered sharing this story with a friend about me fasting and having this other job opportunity. And she also then explained the power of fasting and prayer. And I had no idea the power behind fasting and prayer. I was just doing this out of gratitude, not really expecting anything. And I am actually getting blessings because of it. I really became in love with the idea of just fasting because we hear God so much clearer and he answers our prayers so much faster. And so that for me is the way I best connect with God is through fasting and solitude. Anytime I'm going through a challenging season in my life or there are some hardships that others are going through, fasting is my go-to in regards to um, having prayers answered um, as quick as possible. And God honors that. So that was the beginning of trusting the Lord and showing me that he will provide even in the very last moments. So that was in January of 2022. And then in February of 2022, our pastor at Oakland Church was preaching a message of miracles over our homes. It was the day I went to go babysit my niece one night. That very night, there was an incident that happened at my home. And there was a drunk driver driving at 100 miles an hour. Mind you, I am on a main road. This vehicle comes onto the lawn, my neighbor's lawn, at 100 miles an hour, slams into their car in their driveway. If they're car was not in their driveway, that drunk driver would have slammed right into my bedroom window and would have killed me instantly, which thankfully I was babysitting that night. And it missed my bedroom window by like eight feet. And it skid right through my yard and somehow managed to fit between two narrow trees on my neighbor's lawn, my other neighbor's lawn, and he ended up slamming into his home. Thankfully, he didn't go into his bedroom, but his living room. And the damages on his home were so extensive that the poor guy is still, but thankfully he was not hurt. And that tree would have fallen on my home. There's just so many what if incident, like things that could have happened. But God, it is miraculous, guys. And not a scratch on my home, by the way, not a scratch. 
Both of my neighbors had damages to their cars and homes and not a scratch on mine. I, if I was home, I know my vehicle would have been parked right in front of those two narrow trees. So that vehicle would have slammed right into my car at a hundred miles an hour or two. And God is so good that he saved me from such a situation. And I feel so blessed that I wasn't even there because it would have just completely traumatized me. But when my neighbors asked, how was there not a scratch on your home? And your neighbors both had damages on their home. And all I can say is my Bible, guys, that I started reading was right on my nightstand, facing the window where the car was supposed to drive into my bedroom. My Bible saved my home. My pastor was speaking miracles over our homes. God is so good. That was really the beginning of some of the miracles in my life from my job, saving my life, and then saving my home from that car wreck. And then I felt like the Lord was really telling me that um, I needed to get deeper in his word and get discipled. And it's really funny because my sister took me to this Bible study for youth um, and I didn't want to go because I'm too old to go to a youth group Bible study, but she did encourage me to go. I did go and I, the people that were leading it were this lovely couple, John and Lena. And I remembered at the end of the study, Lena approached me and just asked if I'd like to be discipled. And I thought, how weird. The Lord spoke to me about getting discipled and getting deeper in his word. I knew this was a divine um, appointment God wanted for me. So, uh, of course, I accepted. And she had discipled me for like eight months. And that is really when I started to understand the Bible. All the questions I had were answered and Lena is, she was a wonderful mentor and I love her dearly, still very close with her and John and uh, their family has truly just blessed me. I got discipled for eight months and then the Lord revealed to me that I was ready to go to Dallas and that is where spiritual war. So when I first moved out here, I had a lot of spiritual attacks. I think it was in the second month that I was living here. I was hanging out with a girl. And, you know, when you're new in the city, you don't have family, you don't have friends, you don't have church community. You're so desperate for friends to do life with here. And so I met a girl that seemed really nice and sweet and very pretty and, you know, hung out with her a couple times. And the more I hung out with her, the more I started to see that, um, there was just some things about her that were different. And she would call me randomly telling me that she has ghosts in her house, that doors are slamming in her home, in her apartment home. And I'm just like, what kind of demons do you have? It was just wild. And I would just stand the phone with her and I would just tell her, call them out. You need to use the name of Jesus and just tell them in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave that you have full authority over them. And she said, no, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm so scared. They're going to get mad. 
So I was like, wow. So I didn't realize she was in that deep um, of the demonic. And she's, you know, she was raised Catholic. So she really didn't know. I don't think she even knows that a lot of what she does with the Reiki and the yoga and the traditional new agey stuff with manifesting actually opens doorways to demons. And so I invited this girl into my apartment. I truly believe she left uh, her demons here. And that's like when this depression took over my entire apartment. It was really bad, guys. Like I thought I was suffocating. Like I couldn't breathe. Like I was in a jail cell. I was so depressed. Um, I mean, it didn't help that I was in a new city. I had no one. But I've been to Dallas so many times, you know, before moving here. And I've really never felt this. So it was just so weird. There was times I would lay in my bed. I would just ask God to take my life. It was really crazy. I just knew this was like um, a spiritual attack. And after I learned about her, her, I realized what had happened. And I stopped talking to her. And I just sat in prayer and I didn't know how to shake off this uh, spiritual warfare. It just was daunting. And I remember just hearing voices, like familiar voices. And they were telling me that you're only here for a season and you will need to pack up your things and go back home. And so I thought, what? Is that God? Would God actually say that? Like, I thought he wanted me to be here. I thought he was asking me to be here this whole time. I thought he was leading me here. I'm so confused. And so, again, I just was just so depressed about it, calling my mentor, Lena, telling her like, hey, I don't know. I may have made a wrong decision maybe to move out here. Maybe it wasn't God. Maybe it was my own, like, my own thoughts that, that wanted to be out here. I don't know. And I started questioning God. Did God say that to me? Um, so yeah, it was really hard, 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 hard time. And I was trying to push through. I said, okay, I just need new friends. And I go and want to, uh, just be involved in every event in the city just to meet people. So I started going to all these cool events in the city. I went to one specific event for charity. Uh, it was a charity event and seemed like a great cause. I'm sure I was going to meet great people. You know, it was really exciting for me to go attend this. And we don't have anything like this in back home in Michigan. So for me, I was like, wow. This is so fun. I'm going to just get ready, get excited, and go. So I go to the event with a, a girl I ran into at a previous event, and she uh, and I met there. And I'm not a big drinker, but I did have a glass of wine. I just had a, a white wine. It was really just a Riesling. I was sipping on it, basically. I barely even drank it. But I set it down a couple times to take pictures with friends and all of a sudden felt very ill, uh, like faint almost. And I didn't know what was happening to me. And I didn't have the chance to talk to my friends or anything and tell them how I felt because it hit me so quickly that I almost felt like I needed a run to the bathroom. And I felt like I was going to pass out, like I had been heavily intoxicated or something. And 
I'm telling you, it was just a few sips of wine and that's it. I know the wine couldn't have done that to me. And so I don't know what was going on. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm just, I have COVID now, or I don't know what it was. I thought of everything weird thing possible, except the worst thing that it actually was. And so I remember trying to run toward the bathroom and there was a voice that stopped me. And I truly believe it was an angel that said, don't go into the bathroom. If you go there, no one will find you if you faint. And I was like, oh, wow, that's true. So I ran to the bartender and I went to the bartender and I was like, could you please give me some water? I need water. Like my eyes now were getting very blurry and I was holding myself up on the counter of the bar just so I don't faint. And this bartender probably thought I was drunk and I wasn't. I was just really holding myself up because I was going to faint. And so he gives me water. I start chugging the water. Uh, glass after glass. And I started to slowly gain some of my vision back. It wasn't as blurry anymore. And I immediately called an Uber and uh, had the Uber um, come. And I still felt just obviously faint, but a little bit better because of the water, uh, which is weird. It, It helped me. And there was a lot more like air condition in that room that kind of just helped me uh, stay alert. So I now know like I may have been drugged or roofied and now I'm kind of concerned that there's somebody in the room probably watching me and I had to be very careful uh, as I was leaving and waited inside uh, for the Uber driver and as soon as I saw him seeing that he pulled up, I ran toward the car and um, he took me back to my apartment and I went into my apartment and I took a shower, probably not the smartest thing to do because I could have fainted in the shower, but I just felt like I thought it was going to wake me up or make me feel better. Uh, It did not. Uh, I remember laying in bed and I texted my friend because I didn't even tell her I left. It was, I got lost and was crowded in a room and I didn't know where she was. I just needed to leave. So I texted her that I was home, that I left, that I think someone, you know, roofied my drink. I don't know, but this, the room isn't, is spinning and I feel like I'm going to pass out. This is my apartment. This is my apartment number. Like, call me in the morning, please. If I don't answer, send the police or something to my apartment and, because I really don't know if I was going to wake up the next day. I had no idea. Never, This has never happened to me before. And in all of my years partying in Vegas for 10 years, never have I been roofied. So this was absolutely crazy that this happened to me at a charity event. And so I knew, again, that was a spiritual warfare attack on me. It took me like a good two solid days to feel somewhat like myself again. And I could not get out of bed for like two days. It was awful. And I could just see now how easily a guy could take advantage of a girl on this drug. It was so hard to have any kind of control over what you're doing. You, you, I mean, you're basically faint. Like you don't even recall anything that's happening around you. It's really scary. So yeah, 
so that happened <laughs> and uh and it continued you know these attacks somewhat continued not as bad as this one but uh more of like the depression loneliness sadness fear all kind of lingered and then i remembered flying back home for thanksgiving for um back to michigan and went back to my home church and it's really crazy because as soon as i went back to michigan I had joy in my life and I felt like I was back to my old self again. It's really weird. And I went back to my home church, told them about the spiritual warfare, what's happening to me. They laid hands on me. They prayed and they told me to go back home to my apartment and start anointing every doorway with some olive oil in the name of Jesus. And I was like, oh, wow, I've never done that. And so I couldn't wait to go back now so I could do that. And I did. As soon as I landed, it was like 10 p.m. I did not care how late it was. I remembered storming into my apartment, putting my luggage aside, pulling out the olive oil, uh, blasting worship music, just anointing every single doorway. And I'm going to tell you guys, that depression, that loneliness, that fear, that spiritual warfare left immediately. It was gone that day, that night. It was gone. And I was like, wow, my joy is back. So I know it was such uh, an attack on me. And after that happened, I started to have hope again. And um, it wasn't long after I heard another voice, a loving voice that said, I need you to just hang in there. It's going to get better. It's going to get better, I promise. And I knew that was God. So that just gave me so much peace that knowing that things were going to get better. And instead of going to these events and meeting people, I needed to start to get involved with like churches. And so I needed church hop. And I started going to different churches, getting involved in every Bible study in the area, every seminar that was Christian seminar, every com Christian conference, every uh thing that i could possibly get involved with that was churchy basically i couldn't imagine anything like that uh, bad happening to me at church so i knew that was a safe place for me is just to be around godly community of believers and i've been praying god surround me with godly community give me community give me a church i know that the lord led me to a wonderful church and it just felt like home uh, to me the first time I went. And so I knew that I, that was where I was supposed to be. Uh, it took a while because the church is quite far. So I wasn't as involved with some of the stuff. So it was hard for me to build community and meet people. But now I have a community uh, of people that I do enjoy seeing every week. Um, it's starting to feel like more like home and family. And I love it. So I'm just so blessed that I have that now and just gone over a, an awful time of my life, but I've also grown so much spiritually. So that was for me so worth it, like that I've grown that much in such a short amount of time and the Lord allowed it just so that I could grow. I'm now kind of feeling like Dallas is home now. I remembered having dinner in my Dallas apartment and a thought just dropped in my head. You should have a podcast. 
And I was like, okay, I know that's Holy Spirit. Those thoughts just dropped like that. I love the way you think, but like that's not for me. I, I don't know anything about podcasts. I'm not tech savvy. I don't like speaking in public. I have an insecurity about my speech. I don't like the attention. There's just so many things. I'm like, I don't think he's talking to the right person. Like, are you sure you're talking to me? I think you need to talk to someone else. Almost like I think I offended Holy Spirit. I was like, okay, I don't know. God, this is really what you're asking for me to do because it doesn't sound like me. I, I, I couldn't shake it off as I'm having dinner. So then I just asked God a question and I said, okay, God, if this is you, if you really want me to do this podcast, what would I even call it? Immediate download, bold and beautiful. You guys, like it hit me like something happened to me. As soon as that name dropped, I kind of liked it. And it sounded so much like me because everyone always tells me, hey, Kat, when you talk about like, Jesus, when you evangelize, you do it so boldly. And, you know, you're such a beautiful girl. It's so hard. You don't see that. Like when you see a beautiful girl really preaching biblical truth, like it's amazing. And I'm like, really? I just feel like everyone should be preaching truth. And it's crazy that being bold these days is really just being truthful, like about the word of God. So I'm preaching boldly all the time. And so I was like, how fitting is this name? And I just felt like, okay, if this is really God, I'm going to just check. I mean, for sure this, this name is taken. This is not a pod. This is already somebody's podcast. I got really curious. So I searched to see if it was available and it was. So I was like low key kind of hoping it wasn't available so I didn't have to do it but I know that it was available. So I had to do it because I had to be obedient and honor what God is asking me to do. Even though it made me feel uncomfortable, I know God was just stretching me to continue to grow spiritually. So, and it's not about me. It's, it's really about you guys. And honestly, if this podcast helps one person, I've always told everyone one person, it was always so worth it to me. So, um, you know, I'm not hoping to be this famous person or trying to be popular and I'm not like a crazy influencer. I'm really trying to learn every day, uh, to be comfortable in my own skin and just really preach boldly with you guys. But my heart cry is really to help people who are very lukewarm in their faith and just to raise up godly community uh, of believers, um, godly men, godly women. Uh, what does that mean? Like, and how to how to actually walk with Jesus, and how to actually know Him personally, um, intimately. It just uh, surrendering to Him is key. And I don't think a lot of Christians uh, or people who identify as Christians really understand. There's a surrender moment. So I had to do some research. I know nothing about podcasts. I had to watch tutorials and ask people who did have podcasts and get some uh, 
recommendations and advice. So it was just a lot. I learned a lot. I'm still learning. I'm still not tech savvy, <laughs> uh, but I am better than where I was. Uh, and I'm just really praying that this platform uh, glorifies the Lord in all of it because it's this is not about me. This is not my podcast. It's not about even like my testimony. This is about like Jesus and what he's done in my life and what he can do for your life. Um, so I don't take any um, credit or anything for this. This is just all for him. And I'm just trying to be obedient to what he wants. Uh, and, you know, if you love him, you, you keep his commandments. And I believe he's commanding me to uh, just preach uh, truth and speak boldly and really just help women. Like my heart cry is for women, discipling women um, who are broken and who've been, you know, abused by men for their pleasure and not knowing their value or their worth and just building them up and knowing who their identity is in Christ is so, so important to me. So it's something that I had struggled with in my past. I can absolutely understand a lot of this cultural Christianity and wanting to please men. The expectation, I guess, of just give our bodies to these men for attention. It's just so wrong. It's just not of God. We need to start holding men accountable for their actions and women need to start knowing their worth. So um, yeah, so I guess like this has kind of uh, gone a little bit longer than I wanted, but it was uh, a lot to talk about with what God has done in my life, what he had brought me out of from my brokenness to, to his glory. And now I'm just going from glory to glory. I love the Lord and I love trying to be obedient to him. Uh, it's nothing I do in my own flesh. Just continue this walk. It's, it's a journey, guys. I'm not fully there. I mean, it's only been two years since I surrendered to the Lord. So I still feel like a baby in a way, but I am learning so much. I feel like the, that God put me on in Dallas to spiritually grow, advanced growth. Like, I mean, high speed. Like, I feel like I'm on a high speed train. Um, and it, I'm just growing that quickly which is, I think, very rare. Uh, but it's also because I'm very hungry for him and just to learn more and more about who God is, his word and people's testimonies and how he's really changed, radically changed people's lives, really. It's, it's just beautiful and mind-blowing. But yeah, so it's been an amazing journey uh and i'm just so excited for this launch and here for you guys and i'm going to be uh, eventually having some guests on the show with their testimonies and i'm such a testimony junkie i love watching youtube testimonies of people that's kind of what i binge watch instead of like netflix or whatever else people watch these days I just love to see what the Lord is doing in everyone's life and how he's radically changing people every day. So 
But I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And um, I'll see you guys soon.